成功的秀。Hey everybody! Ho ho ho! How was your Christmas? How did it go? This is a rhyme. It's right on time. Actually, it's late because Christmas was yesterday. <laughs> you gotta excuse me. I just had one of the worst coughing fits in my entire adult life.、Uh, this is about ten minutes ago. Accidentally took a drink of water, and some of the water went down my windpipe, and、um, <coughs> it's still killing me. Some of the water went down my windpipe, and I started coughing so hard that I, in turn, started to gag. I have, I think I've mentioned this. I don't know if I have. If I did, it was a long time ago. I have a horrifying gag reflex. I can't brush my teeth without gagging, which sucks. <laughs> Pretty much every time I brush my teeth, I I gag, and not so much my teeth. Well, it does happen when I'm brushing my teeth. I don't know what it is, but really, it happens when I brush my tongue. And yes, I brush my tongue. You should take care of the tongue, guys. Um, God damn it! I was doing so good this morning until this coughing fit. Now I'm all sniffly and coughing. I wonder if my coughing fit caused a cold. <laughs> That'd be horrible. But yeah, I took a drink of water. Uh, started to cough really hard, like just guttural, like my back hurt from coughing. And it,、uh, it made me start gagging, and the gagging made me cough. Where it was like this weird chain reaction, where I'd gag, and then that would make me cough more, and that would make me gag more. Gag more、it、sounds like the name of a movie. <laughs> Coming this fall to a theater near you. Gag more. <laughs> Writing that down. Gag more. I think it's all all one word. Starring Steve Agee. <laughs> um, how was your guys's Christmas? Mine was fine. Oh, that rhymed. Um, mine was good. Um. I just went out to my mother's house for the day.、Uh, I'm lucky in that I grew up an hour outside of Riverside.、Uh, an hour, sorry, I grew up in Riverside, an hour outside of Los Angeles. And <coughs> man, that coughing fit made me wheezy. Now、uh, I grew up an hour away.、Um, I moved to LA in '95, I think.、Um, Which I always say is, if I lived somewhere else, another state, another city, I probably never would have made it to L.A. I would have been too terrified. But there were no stakes in me moving to Los Angeles. Um, you know, in, when I was like twenty six, twenty five, or twenty six years old, 
there were no stakes. If things didn't work out, my music, because I first moved to LA to be a musician, and then, then it was comedy and acting. But if none of that worked out, no big deal. I could be at my parents' house. <laughs> I could be at my parents' house in an hour. There were zero stakes. Um, but luckily it worked out and it only took like 10 years for me to get on a TV show. <laughs> you got to stick with it. That's also my advice. Anyone who wants a career in entertainment, comedy, acting, directing, writing, music, you got to put in the time. A lot of the time it takes many, many years. Can't just move to LA and then after three years go, uh, I haven't even done a commercial. I'm gonna leave. You got I I was it was literally ten years. I moved to LA in ninety five and you know, I was playing music, I was playing in bands and I was doing improv and stand up and stuff, but I wasn't making money doing it. I had several day jobs. I worked at Starbucks. I worked at Starbucks, Steve Agee, me, in like 90, probably like 96, I was working at a Starbucks uh, in Santa Monica. And then one of my teachers at the Groundlings got me my first TV job, which was um, uh, working on the real world. I've worked on so many reality shows, it's mind-blowing. You would, a lot of people I tell are shocked. A lot of entertainment people I tell are like, what? I started off on Road Rules. My first job was Road Rules Australia. Then I went to Road Rules Mexico. And then from there I went to Real World Seattle. Yeah, this was all post-production. Um... So I wasn't in Seattle or any of these places. I was <laughs> in a dark office in Van Nuys, California. Uh, real world Seattle, then real world Hawaii very briefly. Then I left Buna Murray, which was the company that produced all those shows, and went to a company to work on the Osbournes. That's right, the Ozzy Osbourne uh, reality show. I worked on that for a while. Then I went to another company and worked on two seasons of a show called Temptation Island. I don't know if you guys remember that, where they took couples who were having kind of trouble in their relationships. They separated them, and all the guys from these couples went to an island that was full of single hot girls. And all the girls from these couples went to an island that was full of single hot guys. And they were all encouraged to fuck around. It was horrible. Reality TV can be evil. Um, I worked on Temptation Island 1 and 2. I think there were only two seasons, by the way. And then Joe Millionaire 1 and 2. And then in right around, not right around, right after 9-11, I quit. And, um, that was that. Then I went more, why am I, this is a, a podcast about health. Why am I talking about my job? <laughs> Listing my resume. <coughs> it is a little 
uh, it does kind of relate because when I was working at Joe Millionaire, it's when I started having uncontrollable panic attacks and had to, uh, like I'd had panic attacks off and on for years since I was like 17, but they really built up, I think because I was so miserable and felt so guilty working on a show where we're just manipulating people to do shitty things. Um, my Yeah, my panic attacks got so bad that I quit and became agoraphobic for like a couple months. Didn't leave my house and had to uh, seek help and medication, which changed my life. So it does tie into my mental health. <laughs> Reality TV time ties into my mental health. Um, so I pretty much don't watch any reality TV anymore. It just really, really destroyed me. Anyway, so I was coughing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, here we go. Uh, yeah, I gag when I cough, when I brush my teeth, sometimes when I take pills, it's really horrible. Um, what's happening with my personal trainer, you ask? I quit. No, just kidding. I'm still doing it. I'm actually going in today for round two of leg day. It's been almost two weeks, um, and it's going great. In fact, Monday, I'm recording this, by the way, on Wednesday, December 26th, Boxing Day to some of you my European friends. Um, yeah, I, now I'm all wheezy because of that goddamn coughing. But I'm recording this the day after Christmas. I am going in to see my trainer today and do more legs. Um, why not, right? I'm getting kind of addicted to it. <clears throat> my, my trainer... Um, Grant, who is from Canada, went out of town for Christmas. Um, I think he left over the weekend, got back yesterday. So he was not here Monday, which would have been my chest and back day. And I religiously got up and went to a gym. And uh, last Friday, Grant gave me a bunch of exercises to do. He's like, yeah, if you go to the gym Monday, that'd be great. He goes, do these exercises. He wrote them out for me. So I'm walking around the gym with my little paper doing incline bench presses and flies and all this stuff. And uh, I was like, oh, am I going to be hard or easy on myself? And um, I'm not going to lie. The, today I am super sore. My back a little bit and my chest super sore. My back is a lot stronger than my chest, it turns out. So I did that. No no trainer. I just went to a gym and did it, and it felt great. I had a lot more energy afterwards. <clears throat> and um, But I'm looking forward to getting back in the gym with the trainer today. I don't have many sessions left, I think, with him until we have my program totally figured out that I can do it on my own. And then I believe next week I start my diet. That's going to be an interesting um, storyline for this podcast. And uh, once again, I want to remind everybody, Busy Phillips and I will be doing the podcast in San Francisco January 
17th, Thursday, January 17th, uh, 8 p.m. at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco as part of the SF Sketch Fest. San Francisco Sketch Fest. Go to sfsketchfest.com to see the schedule and get tickets. I'm doing some other stuff there, so it's busy. Um, So this will be very exciting. Our guest is Dana Gould. Uh, producer, writer for The Simpsons, um, very funny stand-up comedian. He has a show on IFC right now called Stand Against Evil, which is really funny, really awesome. And Dana's a great comedian, and uh, he's going to be a good guest. Also, I think I, yeah, I think I'll, I can say it. She said she would do it. Uh, Another guest a friend of mine who lives in San Francisco said she would do it. We're I'm still working out the schedule and stuff, but uh, you'll hear it here first. Uh, Jane Weedland from the Go-Go's, <clears throat> I believe, is going to do the podcast as well. So January 17th, if you're in the Bay Area, please come out to Cobb's Comedy Club. It's going to be a lot of fun. Busy will be there as well. And um, yeah, it's going to be good. And Look, if you can't make it, it's going to be an episode of this podcast so you can listen to it. I scraped my elbow. <laughs> I scraped my, what am I, what am I, 10? I scraped my elbow. I don't know what's going on, but it like, really hurts. Um, I think that's it health-wise. I got like nothing to report. I haven't been sick anymore since a couple weeks ago. Um, my vertigo was a little bad this morning. It seems to have leveled out. Um, it's been a lot worse when I sleep though. During the day, once I'm up and running, I'm pretty good, but I'm noticing my vertigo a lot more now when I'm laying down. Um, usually I have my positions that I can sleep in and I'm fine. I'm a side sleeper. I've been noticing a lot more when I lay on my side, my left side, I'll get a little feel a little bit of the spins. I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, but I had a dream not too long ago. Like my vertigo manifest itself in a dream. Like I was asleep and still got dizzy and it came into my dream. I was in I dreamt I was in an airplane that crashed and it was spinning as it was going down and I just woke up dizzy and spinning. Oh, it was fucking horrible. I'm hoping when I start this diet, a lot of this stuff changes because I'm not going to be having dairy. I think dairy really affects, I know dairy really affects my sinuses. It just makes for more mucus. We don't need dairy. But God damn, do I love cheese. Damn, cheese is so great. Um, uh. A little nervous. I'm also really excited because this is when my body's gonna <laughs> my body's gonna start really changing a lot faster. I, I'm noticing some stuff. I can see a little more definition, even in just two weeks, just a little bit. But once I start doing this diet, especially the first two weeks, I'm gonna drop a lot of weight because I have a lot to lose. But also, first two weeks you lose a lot of water, the water weight that comes off really fast. So. Uh, I'm excited and nervous about the diet. Whatever. You'll hear all about it. This is my place to talk about it. This is my safe space. 
I couldn't find a guest because it's the holidays. Everybody's out of town. I was going to have some people do the podcast, but uh, hopefully next week. Um, I'm not going anywhere. I'm in town for New Year's. What are you guys doing for New Year's? I um, I've never I've never been a huge New Year's fan. I know a lot of people are just like super stoked on New Year's and love to go out and put on glasses that say 2010 or whatever and get drunk and make out at midnight. Like you can get drunk, you can get drunk any night. It doesn't have to be at midnight on a you know, January 1st or December 31st, however you want to say that. Um, yeah, New Year's has never really been my thing. I, I go to parties, but, you know, I go to parties a lot during the year. <laughs> they're, they're just as good as a New Year's party. I don't understand the people that like to go to Times Square and stand, stand for hours in Times Square waiting to watch a orb descend on a pole you know for 30 seconds or a minute or however long it takes that shit to happen that's crazy to me that's like and it's new york it's fucking freezing i lived in new york very briefly that place is either insanely hot or insanely cold and New Year's Eve, you got to be out of your mind to stand in the middle of Times Square with a million people. Drunk, a bunch of drunks. Ugh. My tolerance for drunk people is not very high. <laughs> <coughs> Especially as someone who doesn't drink. It's really a bummer when you're at a party. <laughs> it's a bummer when you're at a party. And like, there's just a ton of people who are just hammered. And you're like, wow, man, I am not relating to their level of fun. And there's like, hey, man, have a drink with me. And then they're just trying to get you to drink. Hey, man, just have a beer, man. No, I don't drink. What? What the fuck is wrong? They make you sound like an asshole for not drinking. You don't drink. What the fuck is wrong with you, man? You can feel happy? You don't feel happy. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Not all drunks are like that. Not all people. I know some really awesome drunks. <laughs> <coughs> not drunks. I know some people that are fun to be around when they're drunk. They're not drunks. Like, it's not their life style but I know some people that when they get drunk they're really funny to be around and I know certain people that are the worst to be I know people that specifically I've been around them enough when they're drunk that like when I see them show up at a party I'm like I'm gonna go in a few minutes because once they start drinking they are just a real bummer a real bummer um but yeah, to each his own, as long as it's not harming your your health and your uh, you know, your your family life. Yeah, sure, have a drink. Just don't drive. 
Don't drive, guys. That's my big message for this week's podcast. Next, what is it, Monday night or Tuesday night? When you go out to your uh, parties, take an Uber. Take a Lyft. Stay home. Jesus Christ, stay home. <laughs> I'm almost 50. I don't I don't need to be out till 4 in the morning. It's so weird. I feel it so much more. I remember when I was a kid going to a sleepover at a friend's house and literally not sleeping. Like you and one or two friends just goofing around, you know, watching TV and scary movies or whatever. Next thing, and like literally seeing the sun coming up and then having to go to school or go home or what. And like having not slept the whole night and being fully functional all day. That's the energy level you have as a kid. I kind of miss that energy level. I'm getting a little bit more energy back from going to the gym. But not that much more. I still love to sleep. Oh, I love sleeping. <laughs> but yeah, now if I go to a party, like I'm going to go to a party at a friend's house New Year's, and if I come home and it's four in the morning, I'll get home and it takes me a while to wind down, go to sleep at five. I kind of feel shitty the next day, even without drinking. I'm like, I feel like, uh, I feel almost sick if I don't get enough sleep. When did that become a thing? Like, what is, what is up with that? How can how can a kid deal with no sleep, but an adult's just like, ugh, kill me. I need my coffee. Don't talk to me before I have my coffee. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I just got to have my morning cup of joe. Don't even talk to me. And maybe I don't want to fucking talk to you, you coffee-drinking motherfucker. My friend Henry Phillips, do a YouTube search. Do yourself a favor and do a YouTube search for... Henry Phillips did a web series, and I think Mike Judge from... Beavis and Butthead and Silicon Valley produced his web series. Oh God, am I gonna fucking forget the name? Is now that I've said it, it's. I think it's called "You and Your Coffee" or "You and Your Fucking Coffee." I'm looking it up right now, so you guys. Henry, very funny comedian, by the way. If you have a chance to see Henry Phillips live, go do it. He's really funny. Henry Phillips, you probably just, I'm typing in Henry Phillips coffee to Google. Yeah, he did a, <laughs> a web series called You and Your Fucking Coffee. Uh, they're really funny. There's probably like four or five of them. Uh, and Mike Judge produced, produced them. And Mike Judge is in the first one too. Boy, that coughing really just loosened everything up in my head you and your fucking up it's about a guy who's like so into coffee that it just keeps ruining his personal relationships basically with people you got to watch it very funny if that's one thing you if there's two things you walk away from this week's podcast with it's be safe on new year's and watch henry phillips 
you and your fucking coffee. Um, yeah, so last week, I don't, I don't think I had talked to you guys since leg day last week. I think when I talked to you, it was probably last Tuesday, which was the day before I was going to do legs. Well, I did legs and everyone was like, like my friend who's been with this trainer was like, oh boy, you're going to hate leg day. Even my trainer is like, you're going to be in a lot of pain from leg day. And granted, it was painful while we were doing it. It was the hardest one to do. But my recovery wasn't as harsh as like, say, triceps. Still to this day, the triceps, you know, the first, my first workout with this guy was shoulders, triceps, and core. And he's like, this is going to be your easiest day. Shoulders, triceps, and core. And that was the easiest one to do. But that was the hardest recovery. Most of my body was okay. It was as sore as you would expect. But my left tricep, my left arm is turning out to be really, really weak. We did, uh, we did that again fr- this past Friday. And there were, we did triceps again this past Friday. And there were moments where like my arm just stopped. My left arm was just like, nope. Like literally couldn't even put pressure on it like it was just like it's so weak um but that was way harder recovery wise with walking he was like you know we destroyed my legs and then he's like do yourself a favor tonight when you get home just go for a walk even if it's just around the block you want to just keep your legs loose and then do it again tomorrow and so I got home I went actually went to a birthday party uh shared an uber with my my friend um and the Uber stopped at her place first. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get out here at your place and walk home, which was about a mile and a half. So I I, I walked and it actually really helped. My, the recovery on my legs wasn't that bad. So um, I'm doing leg day again today. But I have noticed, I mean, it's been, you know, two-ish weeks. And uh, it's already, you know, my recovery isn't as rough I'm not I'm still sore I'm still so don't get me wrong if like I'm, I'm stretching and lifting my arms up right now and like my chest and my back are really sore <laughs> um but nowhere near as bad as the first time so I'm looking forward to this getting easier and easier uh what else I think that's it health-wise. I'm finally getting my new bed delivered tomorrow so I can stop sleeping on the couch, which is, I'm sure, contributing to my vertigo, you know, the down and my sinuses. Um, I had to bite the bullet and buy a new bed. I didn't buy a whole new bed. I bought a new frame. I needed a frame. My bed's fine. I guess it's what's called a platform bed. I didn't even know these different types of beds. I just knew I have a California King. But apparently it's a platform bed. It's just the mattress rests on these two, you know, like two inch thick platforms, I guess, that go on top of the, the frame. There's no box spring. I was like, well, whatever. I just need a mattress. I went in and bought a bed. The guy's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's like, if you get a box spring, it distributes the weight evenly, more evenly across the uh, the frame. 
Because my bread, my bet, my bread, my <laughs> I sleep on bread. Did you guys know that? Wonder bread, light and fluffy. It's like sleeping on a cloud. No, my it's a giant bed, so it's got these slats across it, and there's a support beam across, right down the middle because it's so wide because it's a California king. But like anytime I've I've moved my bed and it's broken twice because uh, the support, the legs in the middle of the support beam just can't take it. Anyway, hopefully this uh, box spring will help it. And uh, I just want to sleep on my bed again. My bed is just covered in junk now because I'm not sleeping on it and just sleeping on the couch. It's like, oh, I'll put my camera back here. Oh, I'll put my laundry here. Oh, put this jacket like it's just covered in I would take a photo and post it but it's literally too embarrassing it's super embarrassing <laughs> my place is a mess right now uh but nothing uh 30 minutes of cleaning won't fix uh all right it's been half an hour goodbye no, I was just kidding let's do some emails um I feel like there was something else I want to talk about San Francisco, yes. Um, talked about that. New Year's, Christmas. Yeah, I went out to my mom's house for Christmas for the day. It's still weird, you know. Um, my dad died three years ago. So it's getting easier. The holidays are getting easier. But those first two years after you lose like a loved one, especially around the holidays are really tough, man. It's been three years, which is a decent amount of time. I'm not fully sad, but like it's a bummer not having my dad, um, around at Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. Um, I don't know where I was going with this, but other than it, it's just, it's still weird. Three years later, it's still weird. I know people who have lost family members just very recently, and I can only imagine. I can't only imagine. I know exactly how they feel. Uh, and it's crazy that it's something we all have to go through. Like, death is part of this experience of life. It's... Um, it's so weird. It is really weird that it's just like, and it feels so specific to you when it's happening. Like it's so heartbreaking and really trying and just, you know, until you've lost someone, it's fucking new. It's this new feeling like this extreme pain that you've never felt before that you're like, you know, since you're like, I've never felt this before it's hard to imagine that other people have felt this way before. And yet most people have felt this way before or will feel this way. It's just like, it's something that everyone deals with. It's like, you can't, you can't skate through a lifetime and not have to deal with it. It's so weird. I mean, I guess there are people who, you know, like, well, emancipate their themselves from their family or you know just disown their fam family and just I guess be loners and not have to deal with that ever which that's even worse I mean it's good to experience love and family and friends and like I 
I think a lifetime of being alone would be worse than, you know, experiencing, you know, multiple, multiple family members dying at some point. Cause at least, you know, it hurts, but it hurts because you had such great experiences with these people. Where am I going with, <laughs> why did I just get so dark? Um, anyway, I hope you, <laughs> I'm just going right off the cuff and it could not be sh more obvious. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Let's do some emails. Um, honestly, I didn't think there would be a podcast this week. I was like, oh, it's Christmas. Everyone's going to be out of the office. Um, but no, my producer emailed me yesterday. He's like, here's the new ads for this week. I'm like, oh shit, I'm doing a podcast this week. <laughs> First, I have to go through and delete all the fucking Twitter junk mails. Like I don't, I didn't sign up for notifications. And yet half of the we're no doctors is uh, now you know my ringer <coughs> is R2D2 but half my emails for we're no doctors are like Twitter notifications like what um, so I need to clear these out alright move to trash and then we can get into it. Oh, no. Oh, and I keep getting these junk mails from some store. I won't even say the name of the store. But it comes up as someone's name. So I'm like, oh, it's a listener email. But I'm always like, oh, no, it's spam. And I always click unsubscribe and keep getting emails from these fuckers. Um, look at all this Twitter notification bullshit. Oh my God. Okay. Today, after this podcast, after I go to the gym, I'm going to clear all this out. Okay. All right. I'm just going into this cold. This one is from a listener named Christina. Subject is stabbing stomach. Mm. I, hope so. I hope it's not about getting stabbed. Hey, Steve, I'm a 26-year-old female and had the craziest thing happen to me about four or five years ago. I was at work at my retail job the day before Black Friday. Oh, shit. And I had a really bad migraine and had already thrown up earlier that day. Sorry, gross. But that's normal for migraines. Yep. So I went into work early anyway. I was ringing a customer up when all of a, all of a sudden it felt like I had gotten stabbed in my lower stomach. I immediately started sweating profusely and was hunched over trying to get this customer out as quick as possible. Smiling through the pain, I limped into the back room and ran into the bathroom. I had no idea what was happening, but I felt like I was starting to lose consciousness. And even though I was still sweating like crazy, I was getting really cold. My, st 
my lower stomach hurting and throbbing. I ran out of the bathroom and fell on the floor in my stockroom, and my coworkers circled around me. I just stared at the ceiling and tried to breathe, but I was going in and out and only remember when the EMTs arrived. Side note, the EMT was an absolute dick. <laughs> he just assumed I was getting my period. Ew. And was, that's so lame. And was experiencing cramp. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting cramps. That's why you're passing out. That is kind of lame. I remember being extremely pissed and short with him and didn't say a word in the back of the ambulance on the way to the hospital. When I arrived, they asked me to pee in the cup to make sure I wasn't pregnant. And as I was walking to the bathroom, hunched over in pain, I fell and had to be carried back into bed. At this point, they assumed I was experiencing an ectopic pregnancy and gave me an internal ultrasound. Quick description, ectopic pregnancy is when a fertilized egg gets stuck in the outside of the uterus oof, and an internal ultrasound is sticking a wand up there to see inside sorry duh but during the ultrasound i passed out again in pain staring at the ceiling where they had painted some stupid sky with birds and clouds and i remember thinking it was incredibly stupid five hours later in multiple tests they had diagnosed me with colitis and said a small piece of my intestine had ripped oh I'm still dealing with things today from it, but it's wild to think that I was standing at work and an internal organ had just split. Love your podcast and can't wait to hear your reaction to this. <laughs> I'm trying not to gag. I wonder what causes the uh, causes the split. Sounds like you were just standing there. Um, ugh. That's gnarly. Um, sorry you had to deal with that. Also, I've never been in a hospital, in an ER, or uh, you know, anywhere in a hospital or where, where there's been sky painted on the ceiling. Maybe that's so you can find your happy place. Um, I've never seen that. I've seen some fucked up... Uh, <laughs> I've seen some really fucked up murals and, and photos on walls at dentist's office. Dentist's office are weird as fuck, man. I've been in dentist's office where at the foot of the chair you're sitting in, it's just like a mural of a forest or like just weird stuff. Um, still, I don't think I've seen anything on the ceiling. Usually there's lights over your face though, so who knows. Uh, never in a hospital though. That's kind of creepy. Well, um, uh, thank you for your email, Christina. Hope you're getting better every day. Um, this one is from a listener named Ashley. The subject is an idea for an episode. It says, Hey Steve, I've been listening to the pod for some time now and I absolutely love it. You've talked about children and birth and all things of that area, but I think it would be nice to hear an episode or a segment about infertility in men and women. Oh, that's a great idea. Actually, I know someone that's dealing with that right now. I personally am a female who has struggled to get pregnant for over a year now due to Hashimoto's thyroiditis, uh, in parentheses she writes, underactive thyroid. 
And I have to say there's more to it than not getting pregnant. There's blood tests, mental health issues, the taboo of talking about it, etc. Just an idea because I believe the stigma about it is completely toxic and it should be talked about. A lot of people struggle with it and it really blows. Anyway, thanks for putting out a consistent podcast that helps entertain me while I bake for Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, Ashley. Thanks for that email. That's actually a great idea. I didn't even, I've never even thought of that, but I have, uh, actually, I think more than one friend that are going through like fertility treatments and trying to get pregnant. A lot of people, I, I actually, now that I think about it, I know a lot of people that have dealt with it. This is a great subject. I also know a lot of single women who, uh, are at an age where, you know, they're still single, but they want to be able to have a child, but they're worried about getting too old. So I know quite a few women also who have frozen eggs, uh, just to have for future, um, you know, purposes of having children. Um, that's a great idea, Ashley. Um, thank you for that. Yeah. I have a friend, he and his wife, we're going through uh, fertility treatments, and I think, like, in vitro fertilization, I think they just got pregnant, too. <clears throat> Let's see. Here's one. Nope, this is spam. I hate when it's just, like, someone's name and not a company name. It's, like, from Matt. But the subject is, get your free interview recordings for your podcast now. Want a better remote interview experience? Create an account as an early adopter and get early access to our website with three interviews for free. I'm not even going to read the name of the company. Here it is again. Matt, get your free interview. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Matt, sneak peek. New, oh, Jesus Christ. Christ, I hit unsubscribe on all these. Does that help? Nah. I'm trying to scroll down. Wow, it's all Twitter and this dickhead Matt with his free interview. Matt, I've been I've done like almost 70 episodes of this. We're no doctors. I don't need your help. Um oh. Here's one. Oh, I like this. It sounds mysterious. Uh, the subject is being overwhelmed and perfume horrors. And I will say their initial is J. They wish to remain anonymous, which I love. I love people who want to stay anonymous. <laughs> it says, hey, Steve, regarding the snot episode... <laughs> Yep, there's there's an episode out there that we can refer to as the snot episode. I feel like as we get older, there's less room in your brain for stuff. Think about being a kid and how long everything seemed and how bored we were. We didn't have anything to fill our brains, but now we do. So many memories and feelings and facts and figures. And now that we're grown-ups, we have all these responsibilities to remember as well, not just to others, but to and for ourselves. 
And you seem to be going through a period of time where taking care of yourself and re- reorienting some health-related things in your life is a priority. This is very true, Jay. I also feel like getting to that level of overwhelmed where you just snap is like an un- it's like an onion of stressors. If you can start working on what layers are peeling them back in a bit at a time, it seems like some of the pressure abates. I find I get some relief even from working on small parts of it. Solve some little problems so your brain has more room to work on bigger issues. Sometimes it's uh, just because chores are cleaning my physical space. Sometimes it's literally fixing something that was causing me extra work or distraction. Like a literal squeaky wheel, a, a door that sticks using the wrong dumb shoelaces that are using the wrong dumb shoelaces that are too long and, and the extra time and effort of double knotting to pick up slack. Less little junk to get in the way of the bigger issues you need more energy for. Somebody's outside my door. I just saw a shadow go by my curtains. Maybe it's for the neighbor. Or maybe think of it like, there they go again. Or maybe think of it like a computer trying to run too many programs at at once while downloading an HD movie and simultaneously watching YouTube. Finish some of the little things so you can close slash put them away for a bit and get more RAM, bandwidth, etc. for the bigger, more pressing subjects. That perfume entitlement thing uh, some folks have is the worst. Uh, I live in an apartment that was 100, 100 years old. Well, you were definitely not in California then. Uh, and there was no way to keep smells and smoke from reaching, from leaching around. Plus, it had weird vents to and from apartments and to the outside. So everything headed out of one apartment went right into the other. My neighbor insisted on using incense and scented candles almost daily, even after the manager asked them to stop. And with my asthma and allergies, it was particularly frustrating because there was no way to stop it from getting in. No closed windows or towels under the doors would stop it. Not long after they would start burning something, I would have zero time between my brain registering the smell and my nose clogging right up with interior swelling, which would often burst some kind of thing in there and blood would just spray out of my face. Uh, They wouldn't let me know ahead of time so I could try making sure I was ready to go with allergy medication, which can take up to three hours for the full benefit to kick in. So I couldn't do anything spontaneously to stop the the reaction. Eventually I found a food scented, (laughs) food scented, somehow this seems less triggering than actual perfumes, hypoallergenic candle and left it at their door with a big damn bow on it the next day they switched to that and i stopped having such dramatic reactions i don't know how motivated your landlord is but it may be worth them posting a sign with some new shared laundry space rules including only allowing light or unscented products because shared machines it sounds like a pain but it doesn't seem uncommon that landlords sometimes impose uh something like a no bleach rule or shared machine areas on shared machine areas you wouldn't be asking for something weird. Uh, I hope you get some relief soon, and I also hope whoever it is is aller- whoever it is is allergic to cats and something wash, and someone washes and dries a really old stanky cat bed full of years worth of dander in the machine right before they need it. Thank you for all your work on the podcast and your determination to do it, even when you're full of goo. It is much appreciated. Well, thank you, Jay. Um, 
my landlord has taken steps and sent out emails. It's so weird. As I sit back here on my couch. My landlord's really good about that. Um, I hate to be the complaining neighbor. Sometimes it's other neighbors that complain, but I feel like lately it's been me. But I, I, he sent out an email like right away. It was like, hey, don't use scented um, dryer sheets. The people in the apartments directly above the laundry room just really get a, a, a room full of perfume and it's it's horrible. And he even put his own dryer sheets down there like unscented. We did determine, I think I mentioned this last week, that it wasn't dryer sheets. It was actually detergent that once the clothes were put in the dryer, it kind of baked them and, and made like really bad smell. Um, and that's been taken care of. Everything's been great. Um, but it is good to say something to your landlords rather than to just sit on it and just be like stewing and, and mad. Um, also we, th- there's right by our stairwell, there's four units, there's two buildings, uh, four units each. So he has eight, eight units to deal with, but, um, just picture four squares, you know, and uh, a stairway right up the middle and there's the mailboxes are on the stairwell and, um, I hadn't said anything until very recently. I have lived here for eight years, but people, this drives me crazy. People will go get their mail out of the mailbox and um, and then take their mail and then just put the junk mail on top of the mailbox or even worse, on the stairs. And it's, and it's you know, it's every day. Someone, someone, and probably multiple people, multiple neighbors were just taking out their junk mail. And I don't know what the reasoning is. If you're, you're just like, who do you, who are you expecting to clean that up? Like the mailman's not going to take it. You're literally just throwing trash on the ground. And, um, oh, Jesus, there's my phone again. And every now and then, um, let me turn this ringer off. You're literally just, piles of like those leaflets and bed bath <laughs> bed bath and beyond gigantic coupons and um ah oh, just so much junk mail and they just like try piling them on top of the mailboxes but eventually they start overflowing and just falling onto the stairs and then of course I'm the one that picks them up and I just put them in my trash like how hard is it to just bring in your mail and throw away your junk mail rather than throw it on the stick? It looks horrible. It's just annoying. And so uh, I think it might even have been when I first complained about the laundry room. I was like, hey, by the way, can you say something? You know, when you when you send out an email, next time you send out an email, can you say something to the people about leaving their junk mail on the steps or on top of the mailbox? Because I'm the one that picks it up and throws it away. I don't want to clean other people's shit up. 
I think they just assume it just magically disappears. And so he sent out an email for like the past couple of weeks. It's been great. And then uh, last week, someone just started putting their junk mail on top of the mailbox again. Literally. So they know that they shouldn't be doing it. And now they're just like, I know I'm supposed to take this upstairs, but it's it's really heavy. This This flyer. This flyer, this coupon from Bed Bath & Beyond is too heavy for me to carry upstairs. I just can't do it. I just can't, you guys. I can carry my mail and that's about it. It's hard enough for me to carry my um, water and power bill upstairs. But a coupon? No thank you. Someone else that's going to have to take care of this for me. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, and yeah, definitely, also earlier in your email, definitely, our brains get full. Our brains don't remember shit once we get past another. Our brains, I feel like, are only capable of holding so much information. It's crazy to me. I was thinking this yesterday when when I was driving out to my mom's house. Um, I still remember my next door neighbor's phone number when I was fucking ten years old. Six eight four five nine one nine. That was my neighbor's phone number. Six eight four five nine one nine. I've not called that number in probably. Thirty. 35 years, easily 35 years I have not called that number. Why does it just stick in my head? I'd call my neighbor, Stevie Gerdo, see if he wanted to come out and play, ride bikes and stuff. 684-5919. My friend Joe, who lived like five blocks away in the neighborhood. 684-2304. Why do I know that number? It's been even longer since I called that number. Just weird things stick in your brain. Um, that was also at a time when you had to remember numbers. We didn't have cell phones. I don't know any of my friends' phone numbers by heart. Literally, I don't know any of my friends. My best friends, I don't know their phone numbers. Like, it's so weird when you go to, like, the doctor's office and you have to fill out paperwork and they're like, Who's your emergency contact? You're like, oh, you know, my friend Sam. And it's like, what's their phone number? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. And then you have to pull out your phone and scroll through to find your best friend's phone number. What? <laughs> That's insane. That is so insane to me. Um. Uh, sorry, I'm looking through, e trying to find more emails to read. But yeah, I I don't remember anything. I, you know, is if someone invites me to something now, I have to immediately, immediately write it in my phone. I have to immediately. That's why when I'm doing these episodes and you hear me stop to write down a possible episode title, it's because I will have fully forgotten it. 45 minutes later, I will not have remembered the episode title. And um, 
and then I have to listen to the episode all the way over again. I, I don't have time, time to just replay what I just said for an hour. That's why I write it down as soon as I think of it. Um, it's the same way I carry in my car. I carry like a small notebook, you know, like a moleskin type thing and some pens. Uh, being a stand-up, if I think of a joke, and I usually think of stuff while I'm driving. It's just it's when my brain's working, you know, because I'm bored and so I'm trying to think of funny stuff. And if I do think of something funny, I have to stop my car and pull over and write it down immediately on the um, in the notebook. Sometimes I'll do it on my phone. Sometimes I'll text it to myself. But if I don't do it right then, it's done. It is. I've been driving home from getting coffee, which is like 10 minutes from my house. Be in the car, be at the coffee shop, get in my car. And as I start to drive, I'll think of something funny. I'm like, oh, that might make a good joke. Just write that down as soon as you get home, as soon as you get home. And I'll say it over and over in my head as I'm driving. I'll get out of my car, get into the house. And I will have forgotten to write it down. And then an hour later, I'm like, oh, fuck. I thought of a joke. What was it? And and it's gone. So weird. Even in my 20s and 30s, I could remember shit way easier. I could wake up on a Sunday and be like, okay, I have to have lunch with this person, dinner with this person. I'm going to this person's house. I have to write this. Like, without having anything written down. It's insane. Um, here's an email from someone named Kate. The subject is netty pot brain eating amoeba. Oh, Kate. Oh, Kate, Kate, Kate. Busy and I have covered this one multiple times. <laughs> Uh, it says, I love your show. I've been listening from the start. Kate, come on. You know then that this has been a thing. And look forward to downloading new episodes on Thursday. For some reason, I saw this and thought of you. Um, it is a link. I'm opening it. Woman contracted rare and fatal brain-eating amoeba after using neti pot with tap water. Oh, yeah. Kate, come on. You've been listening from the beginning. You know. Uh, I boil my water before I put it in that netting pot for this exact reason. Um, just there's a, there's stuff in your tap water, you know, get a water purifier. I also sometimes will buy just purified water, like a big gallon jug of purified water and it's in my bathroom. And, um, sometimes I just pour that in the netting pot and use it, but I like to have warm water. So Sometimes I pour mostly the distilled water or purified water into the neti pot. And I use a, a I use an electric neti pot. Do yourself a favor, guys, and um, look up Grossen, G-R-O-S-S-A-N, Hydropulse. That's what I use. It's a game changer. None of this prehistoric neti pot stuff. But I'll, I'll use the distilled water, purified water, and then just to warm it up a little bit because I feel like that breaks things up in your head a little more, your sinuses. 
I have an electric, I also have an electric teapot. I'll just maybe put a little tap water in there and boil it. Once it's boiled for a little while, then I pour that little dash of that in to heat up the water. And I'm good to go. Put in the uh, recommended saline powder so it doesn't burn. Lubes up your sinus passages and doesn't burn. If you if you just go, to those of you listening, if you're going to try a neti pot, don't buy a neti pot without the saline solution or powder to put in it because... You don't want to try just shooting straight water up your nose. It burns. Holy crap, does it burn. Um, yeah. Um, I think we're at an hour, guys. We're very close. I mean, with ads, this will definitely be an hour. Um, what do I have to promote? I think I said it already. I have no... Stand up other than San Francisco the weekend of the 17th. That Thursday the 17th, Busy and I will be doing our uh, podcast live at Cobb's Comedy Club, 8 p.m. with Dana Gould and I believe Jane Weedland from the Go-Go's. So that's very exciting. I'm, I'm, that's going to be uh, a fun show. If you're in the Bay Area, come out to that. Go to sfsketchfest.com. For schedules and tickets, and it's not just that weekend. That that, that it's like a whole month of uh, comedy shows. But I'm up there that weekend, and uh, come on out to the show. Say hi to us afterwards, and thank you for listening, you guys. I hope you have a very safe, sincerely have a very safe uh, New Year's. Hope you're staying well. As as you you know you know if you're following our Instagram here. No Docs podcast. Um, it's cold and flu season. The flu's ramping up. It's getting worse each each week. So uh, take care of yourself. Wash your hands. Get a flu shot. Just uh, you know, if you're not if you're one of those, I don't get a flu shot people. And wash your hands and don't touch your face when you're out in public, guys. Cough. Also, be courteous. Cough into the crook of your arm. Cover your face when you cough, for God's sake. Kids are the worst. I was <laughs> I was Christmas shopping the other day, walking down an aisle past a little kid. Little kid was just waist level on me and just like coughed right on my arm. Ugh. I could feel it. It was so gross. I might start gagging. <laughs> Anywho. Thanks for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. Have a great day, great week, great rest of the year. Love you. Bye. It's a good show.